0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Elemental Evan Show. Thank you all once again for tuning in to this incredible episode. We are on episode number 51. We are literally almost at a full year. I cannot believe it. It has already almost been a full year of podcasting. This has been incredible. The time has flown by for me. And I am so grateful to be able to just share all of this information with all of you and to have such a beautiful listenership with all of you. Thank you very much for tuning in every single week. Um, as you know, I release all my episodes every Wednesday, making it a wellness Wednesday for all of you. And I hope you are all just enjoying this show and finding so much uni- uh, useful and beneficial Uh, information in these episodes that you are able to apply to your life because that's what I'm really trying to do here is giving you free information so you can go ahead and be uh, in charge of your own health and return to a natural state of health. That is my goal here with this podcast, and I'm just so grateful to have you all uh, listening in on this. And actually, today we have a really special guest. I will uh, give you a little more information on her in just a second, but I promise you're going to love this episode. Um, But before we jump into that, being that this episode talks a lot on tea today... Uh, That is going to be my weekly challenge for all of you. Go into that tea drawer of yours that I'm sure you all have, that you probably use way less than you probably should, and uh, find a good tea out of there and steep it. Um, You know, take a little moment of silence with it as well. It doesn't have to be anything special, but uh, just take a little moment and uh, reflect on the tea itself, the flavors how it makes you feel and uh, just enjoy it because there's so many health benefits in tea uh, that are, you know, commonly overlooked, but they are really so beneficial. Tea is incredible. In fact, uh, actually today I will be speaking a lot about matcha and specifically the matcha ceremony. Uh, It's a very beautiful ceremony as well, similar to the chowdao that I have covered in a previous uh, episode, but specifically here with matcha. um, So I actually have had matcha in, you know, the pretty traditional form in the sense of like whisking it. But I actually get most of my matcha through my uh, green juice in the morning, which is one of my favorite ways, honestly, of just getting in most of my kind of like superfoods in the morning. Uh, It's very like detoxifying for the blood, for the liver. Uh, It's got ashwagandha in there, which is really great for the adrenal glands, especially being that we are constantly releasing cortisol, being in our sympathetic states like we normally are. Um, So yeah, I really love the you know, this green juice by Organifi, it's organic, it's third-party tested for glyphosate, just an incredible product. And if you haven't already included it into your daily ritual, then I highly recommend adding either the green juice or any of their products because they're seriously all of super high quality and really just awesome products that not only taste good, but really do some great stuff in the body, you know, specifically with the matcha here um, that is in the organify green juice you know you get a lot of different beneficial like attributes from the matcha but one of uh, one of those is the fact that it has really high levels of antioxidants which help you to basically you know, they're like anti-aging in a way. They help you to live longer and look younger as well because they fight free radicals, which is, you know, for a whole other episode, but really just understand that this is going to help promote longevity. That's why you see there is a blue zone in Japan. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of practices that go into it, but I'm sure tea and matcha have to play a role in that. Um, As well, matcha has been shown to protect your liver, which if you haven't already listened to the liver episode and the liver cleanse, then please go do so. Uh, Your liver's incredible and we need to show it some love. And on top of that, it also boosts your brain function. So yes, matcha should be something that we definitely include into maybe our weekly practice if you aren't already. Uh, Using a traditional style matcha is an amazing way to get your matcha in or if you're looking for a little something on the road that is also packed with other things like spirulina, chlorella, ashwagandha, then go ahead and grab that green juice packet from Organifi. Uh, Just for being a listener, you will have 20% off your entire order That's just for being a Elemental Evan listener. Uh, I have the link in the show notes. If you click on it, it will take you straight to their page and automatically applies the 20% discount. So you do not need to remember it. Just click on that link and it will be applied at checkout. That's 20% off your entire order from Organifi. That means they're green juice, red juice, pure harmony, which is amazing as well. That's Ashley's favorite for sure. And then gold for that nighttime little cup of warmth. Oh, gotta love me some gold. (laughs) But anyways, uh, so yeah, go ahead and check them out. I got the link in the show notes there, like mentioned, and get that 20% off for being an Elemental Evan listener. Now, to get into today's episode, I have an incredible human being here who is such a pleasure to interview, and she shared matcha with myself and Ashley before the interview, which was incredible, put me in a great state of mind for getting into the interview with her. But basically, this person is named Kat Mills Martin. She is a Hawaii-born filmmaker, artist, and educator practicing in the creative and healing arts for the past 17 years. As a filmmaker, she directs uh, narrative and experimental work, dance, and music videos. Now, Kat Kat is influenced by extensive training in many forms of somatic exploration, mythopoetic uh, storytelling, meditation, and nature-based performance and practice. She is the founder of Studio Norte uh, or Norte, uh, a creative studio based in Los Angeles. Uh, Kat began her tea journey attending ceremonies hosted by Colin Houdon and has been a grateful student of the Way of Tea ever since. Formally initiated in the Urasenke tradition, Kat was the last student of Tea Master Sose Shisuye Matsumoto whom she studied with weekly until she passed away peacefully at the age of 103. So that is definitely a master right there if I've ever heard of one. With that age right there, I know she was consuming matcha every single day. Obviously she was a master of it. Um, But yes, so that is just a little bit about Kat uh, to give you a little idea of what she's all about incredible human being and an awesome talk. Let's go ahead and jump right into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Elemental Evans show. Today I have a very special guest here with me. Uh, This is Kat Mills Martin. Um, She has already served me some amazing matcha tea, which is beautiful right before the show. Great way to start it. Um, and we'll definitely be talking more about matcha. So welcome very much or welcome to the show, Kat.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much for the tea. Thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, just yeah. happy to be in touch with you right now.
1: Yeah. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we get into our conversation, which I'm really excited, I have some awesome questions that I want to ask you. Um, let's start with a little like rapid fire questioning. So first off, just, uh, where are you from?
1: I'm from Honolulu, Hawaii.
0: I know we already talked about this, yeah. but um, yeah, a special place in my heart for sure. Um, And then where are you currently living?
1: I live on the east side of LA.
0: Very nice. How are you liking the east side of LA?
1: I love it. It's, it's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah. yeah.
0: How long have you lived out there?
1: I've been there almost 10 years and then uh-huh. I lived in New York for almost 10 years prior okay. to that. So I've been away from home for a while, but... I go back often.
0: Yeah. Do you have plans of like moving back to Hawaii or do you like staying out I'm here? always,
1: I'm always entertaining it. Yeah. I'm always entertaining it. But right now I'm, I'm happy being in LA and mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's a good space to be at least for the moment, you know, I'm really enjoying it as well. So yeah. that's amazing. Um, okay. And then let's see, what's a favorite, what's your favorite book maybe of the moment or of all time?
1: Mmm. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Um, the first book that comes to mind it's actually a very short book it's called True Love by Thich Nhat Han mm. and it's just one of those books that just came to me at the the moment that I needed it and it's one of it's a book that I always recommend to people who are going through a hard time or going through a breakup it's like the best thing to read oh, wow. and it's he's just such an amazing writer and being so yeah I recommend that book
0: who is the author sorry
1: tick not Han he's a Zen okay. monk and he's a wonderful poetic um, insightful just beautiful writer
0: okay yeah yeah, yeah. say so, yeah that's that's all that needs to be said really that's that yeah. sounds like an amazing book um very cool and then do you have a favorite quote
1: um well since we're talking about tea my teacher used to always say no shortcuts
0: mm-hmm. no shortcuts yeah. Yeah, that kind of always makes me think of like the way you do anything is the way you do everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like paying attention to the small things, like they add up over time. They might seem ign- insignificant in the moment, but like truly the way you do everything is like how you're going to do everything. So yeah, that's a very beautiful thing about tea for sure. I'm sure you've probably noticed that as well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's it's something that I just keep coming back to in everything I do. Like you said, is um, you know... <laughs> It, it, like our culture moves so fast. Mm-hmm. And so to really take time to be with something or study something, any craft, it's like, yeah, there's really no, there's, there's no um, replacement for that. Yeah. So no shortcuts.
0: Yeah. And I think we live in a time and space where we really enjoy the shortcuts, you know, like we're not used to having to put in all the, like we expect like big results really quickly. Whereas like, you know, back in the day and even still today, you know people had to put in a lot of time to like hone a craft right mm-hmm. And there's a very beautiful aspect to that but i i see it a lot i think with even the younger generations but like after me i mm-hmm. see it a lot where they're almost nervous to try new things because they think like oh yeah. well they're already so good at it you yeah. know what i mean and so it's kind of one of those things like yeah they they're good but you haven't seen the like years of work that they've put into like making this a craft you know
1: exactly yeah Yeah. and i'm really into like preferring experimentation to um analysis or to like you know, trying to work things out just in the mind, it's like we mm. have to get in there and actually do them to know, you know, to yeah. build that, that wisdom. So yeah, yeah I think experimentation is really nice yes. to just favor. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, yeah. Cause I think you can, you can read as many books on a topic as you want, but until you finally do that action, you're not really, you don't have the like full experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a very big proponent of like hands-on experience. And I think my parents really taught me that especially my dad like he used to just like mm. in a way he was like a really bad teacher but a really great teacher because he'd be like okay here's this like go do it you know and you're like how do I do this but you just uh, figure that's, it
1: out yeah I think yeah. that's great it
0: is I mean I definitely learned um how to do things like very in a in my opinion like a very good manner and like with a lot of like quality you know and and uh, it's like I just had to figure it out. So it helps me to like think on my toes as well. Mm. I like to think so at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, this is all like rapid fire and I'm taking forever. But um, last one, what is your favorite tea?
1: Oh, yeah. Favorite tea? Well, that's a really hard question to answer, but I'll just say show poor. Yeah. It's just my, it's just my
0: favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, for the listeners who don't know what a puer is, can you explain a little bit, like what specifically it, it is? Like, is it a like has it been fermented, or is it like a like a young plant, old plant, like yeah. flavor? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the specific type of puer tea is a fermented tea that is typically pressed into cakes, mm. and so um, it. You know, it was originally intended to replicate the aging process with tea, but they ended up kind of creating a whole new type of tea. And um, so it's it tends to be really earthy and rich and really good for colder weather, um, which you have over here on on the west side. So that's really nice. But um, I drink tea seasonally too, so I change you know, what types of tea I'm drinking, depending on the season. But that's just one that I I just love when I can have like a bowl of Chilpour. Yeah. It's so comforting.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I don't know as much about tea, but you definitely, everything you said, I'm like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like it definitely matches a cooler climate, you know, like it feels more like homey and cozy, right? You know, um, but I also, I had a question. And I don't know if you know but what's the difference between a shang and a show?
1: Yeah. So, yeah, shangpur mm-hmm. is it's the same um, all tea comes from camellia sinensis and what differentiates, you know, the type of tea or what we would call it a, a type of tea are the processes by which it's made. So, show like I described it's like covered with these thermal blankets and it speeds up the process of what what they were originally intending to age the tea quicker, but they ended up creating this kind of different type of poor tea. Sheng can be aged as well, but it's um it's essentially raw poor tea, oh, okay. and which is why you have a different you know flavor to it. Um, it tends to be a lighter color of tea, and it has a I mean, there's so many different ways that we can describe tea, but I feel like. Those are the basic differences. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting to see how like the same plant can be made into so many different styles of tea, right?
1: Yeah. That's part of the beauty of it. And the alchemy of tea is like, yeah, that it just has these different um, manifestations, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. So that kind of just leads me to the question of like, how did you find tea? Like what led you to this practice and... Yeah, like what, what's your whole journey journey with tea to this point?
1: Yeah, so um, if I really go back, you know, I used to have tea, um, what we were calling tea. It's really uh, tisane or herbs, you know, herbal tea yeah. at night with my mom. Um, that was a ritual. So we would always have some type of herbal tea before bed. Um, and that to this day is something we do. But I was really introduced to tea as a ceremony through my friend Colin Hudon who has a company called Living Tea that I'm sure a lot of your listeners are familiar with and he was serving tea out of his home on the west side um, when he lived here and so um, you know through a friend was introduced to him and she was like I think you would really like these tea ceremonies and so I started going basically I think weekly he was doing tea ceremony and so I started going and just enjoying and I never really had the intention to learn or study or um you know like serve tea it was just a practice to be you know in the space and to meet people and um that's what happened and then you know he introduced me to the folks at Global Tea Hut and I learned a lot through them and and then through a long, um, kind of amazing story, which maybe we can get into later, I met my Japanese tea teacher, Matsumoto Sensei, and yeah, and then it just kept growing and expanding from there. And so that I really credit um, those early tea c- ceremonies with Colin to, to kind of opening the door to tea as a way and as a ceremonial practice.
0: yeah. That's really cool. I, so he was here on the, on the West side of LA. Yeah. I I didn't even know that. That's so cool. Yeah.
1: This is many years ago. Yeah. And, um, it was just amazing just to get Mm -hmm. to be in that space and like find a whole new community
0: through that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I know that's, uh, one thing I really enjoy about the T-sits is kind of the ability to then afterwards kind of share a little bit, you know, whereas Mm. like, if I think of, other practices that I do like yoga or breath work or something usually you're all you're just you know you're kind of silent maybe you chat a little bit here and there but like afterwards everyone kind of disperses does their own thing and like tea you kind of sit or at least in the chow like uh servings like we we sit after and share like an experience that we might have had and I really enjoy that aspect of it
1: mm, yeah. yeah it's cool to see what arises after sitting in yeah. silence right like yeah yeah, always yeah. a surprise. Yeah, I know.
0: It's uh anything that I feel that can get you silent is a great practice to have. You know, anything mm-hmm. that allows you to sit with yourself and kind of like remove distractions and just kind of focus on the present and yourself, like that to me is a beautiful practice. Yeah. yeah. I also um there was someone, uh, that said anything in his opinion, anything that, is, uh, stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system is like a religious experience. Mm. I really like that. I'm like, wow. I, when he first said that, I was like, that's interesting. Cause for those of you who don't know, the parasympathetic nervous system is like your rest and relax, like your rest and digest. And so you're literally coming into like more of a present state in my opinion, because you're more calm and like in the moment, you know, and yeah, anything that kind of can trigger that, it is kind of like a, a religious experience in a way, you know? It like brings you more present with the moment, you know? That's yeah.
1: really beautiful. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I really like, like when he said that, I was like, oh dang, that like, I'm gonna have to share that sometime, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, and then, so with sorry, um, Masumoto, Matsumoto.
1: Matsumoto Sensei. Ma, yeah.
0: Matsumoto Sensei. She. Um, so, and you said she was Japanese, correct? Yes. Did she teach you mainly the matcha style serving? Yes. Okay. Only matcha. Okay.
1: Yeah. So she. Um, she's part of what's called the Urasenke school of tea, okay. Urasenke tradition, and it's one of the oldest traditions of Japanese tea ceremony that. Goes all the way back to um, this guy named Senno Rikyu. And Rikyu is sort of considered to be one of these grandfathers of tea. Um, she would always say that he made tea accessible to the people, to, mm. to be able to have tea, you know, casually, that yeah. um, he really popularized wabi cha. Okay. And so a lot of people know wabi-sabi, right? Yeah. And so this favors like rustic. Simplicity and directness and um you know kind of a more humble approach to tea ceremony that it doesn't need to be necessarily this big ornate yeah. thing that it can be something that people can enjoy uh, you know simply right and um yeah, so that's the the tradition in which I study, and so I learned through her mm-hmm. um about Japanese tea ceremony, which we call cha no you so okay instead of cha dao which is you know the way of tea cha yeah. no you means hot water for tea literally oh, wow! Okay. yeah so it's pretty direct in that sense too
0: you said cha no you cha no you yeah okay yeah sorry i'm writing that down yeah i, I want to yeah i want to reference that later Totally. Um, that's really neat and then what an experience to be able to like study with a master like that you know um that's very like a very special and sacred thing. And, and then I believe you had mentioned she lived to 103, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Crazy.
0: I mean, (laughs) that alone is like, you know, being that this is like a health podcast, I mean, tea in so many ways connects to health. You know, I mean, obviously there's the, in a tea ceremony, like the spiritual, the emotional, the, um, you know, the mental like health that you get from it. But I think there's also, like, a lot of times we forget, like, you yeah, have, like, it's so healthy for you as well. Totally. Yeah. Totally.
1: That's such an important aspect of mm-hmm. it. And, uh, you know, she would always, <laughs> anytime I would get sick and miss practice, I would come and she'd be like, drink more tea. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I drink tea every day. I never get sick. She yeah. would always tell me that. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, speaking to, you know, referring to what we were speaking about earlier, it's like, I have a much more embodied sense of tea like I don't have all the 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 fact sheet of like you know the yeah. health benefits but um she would always say it's very high in vitamin C. That's yes. what
0: she would say to me. <laughs> high in vitamin C, super high in antioxidants as well, which we're just finding like is so beneficial for the body, like getting rid of free radicals in the cells, like anti cancer, all of that. So anti aging as well. So yeah, yeah I mean there it's you go. it's incredible. Also I've heard that pu teas specifically are really good for helping with, um, maintaining like a healthy body weight. Like mm-hmm. they, I don't know the specific, but something with like really allowing the release of like body fat. And mm. so like allowing for like a, a very healthy weight to be maintained.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, I would have to go find the study again and, and, uh, it was on actually another podcast that I was listening to, but yeah, uh, cool. tea is so healthy for sure. And then obviously like there's the whole spiritual side and everything. Um, but yeah, so also I wanted to ask a little bit, um, you went to, it's ride, right? Yes. yes.
1: Yeah, I kind of just got back, like yeah. I was telling you.
0: And how was your experience there? Like what kind of, like, actually probably explain like what the event was and like what they're, you know, having sure. there. But I, I'm i personally just curious to hear, so. Yeah. yeah. So
1: it was a beautiful five element retreat hosted by Mountain Gate Tea House, which is, Um, the tea house that houses living tea and Mm. it's a tea house and an art gallery and so the retreat was focused around the five elements um, you know Taoist theory, meditation, tea and qigong Mm. and there were a host of facilitators we had about 30 of us there gathered in the mountains of Telluride and I was there um, serving tea Mm -hmm. and also doing some photo and video record keeping for them, which was really cool to kind of flow between those things because that's something I do in life. And um, yeah, it was just an incredible experience. I mean, that land and that town... Is surrounded by basically 360 degrees of mountains. So everywhere you look, there's beautiful aspen trees and waterfalls Whoa. and streams. And it's so incredible. Um, yeah, when I was leaving, I was like crying in my car leaving like, oh my God, it's so beautiful here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was an amazing experience to just be in that space with those people and, um, you know, be in retreat together is a true retreat experience <laughs> she didn't get it
0: <laughs> yeah i know thanks siri
1: <laughs> yeah she's like i need more information about like, please You're tell I. me about this tea yeah <laughs> but yeah it was it was really cool
0: that's amazing um i was gonna so you mentioned that they had a few other practices like qigong out there as well did you partake in any of that as well like
1: i did a bit i really mm-hmm. wanted to partake more um mm-hmm. i was filming a lot of the qigong sessions okay but they were the ones that i did get to participate in were amazing Mm. and um you know i know so little about it but it just felt like that being able to do qigong outside on the land and with the elements um just elevated the whole experience
0: right yeah and then for those of like our listeners who don't know, would you mind explaining like what Qigong is a little bit more? I've, I've actually only practiced it one time and it was for a very short amount of time. Yeah. And the way the person explained it to me, which is probably a really basic and not really great explanation, but he said it's kind of like the Chinese yoga in Mm. a way. Like, do you agree with that? Or, you
1: know, I'm I'm so not qualified to to, to speak to that. But, um, in my experience of it, it feels like a moving meditation. Yeah. And um, and you know, I'll refer to Yamin, who is the teacher, who's very experienced. She said, you know, you're always doing qigong. The movements that you do when you're folding the laundry are qigong. You know, everyone does qigong, and so that um that like resonated with me, and you know? mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can understand that it's actually um, it's something we're always practicing, like. Even tea, to me, is something I'm always practicing. You know, this kind of like non-dual breaking apart and it sort of dissolves into um, when does the practice end? I don't
0: know. Right. You know. Yeah, that's probably another really great aspect of like a tea ceremony is kind of showing that and kind of with like any ritual, it's like anything can kind of be a ritual if you like bring the awareness and attention to it, right? Um, Which I feel like for sorry for our listeners as well um so you're a filmmaker as well and an artist obviously um which we'll mention your instagram at the end here and any works that you have because everyone should check you out um but definitely i I feel like the practice of tea how does that kind of like correlate or spill over or influence your filmmaking your artistry uh any of that
1: yeah uh I feel like it's all steeped in tea. <laughs>
0: Beautiful analogy. All I like that. There. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like that is um, that there's no separation. It's probably even deeper than I can really articulate with my mind. You know, like I'm probably not even fully aware um, on a mental level of of how much it's influencing. Uh, my art making practice or what is influencing what, but I know it's there. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think having a meditation practice, you know, for some time and movement practice and all of these things kind of blend together and they all influence each other. And so even if I'm doing something that on the surface or physically might look really different, or I'm working with the camera, or working with an actor, or you know on set. It's all present within my being somehow, and I'm sure it's felt on some level. But um, to what degree, I don't really know. Right. You know, I'm not sure. But I definitely know that on a very basic level, all of these practices help me just be in the world Mm -hmm. um, and move from my center in the world and so that that feels really valuable to me you know
0: yeah definitely and I like how you said yeah it's kind of like tea I'm sure influences your filmmaking your artistry but also to what degree does that you know influence your tea and and all that so yeah yeah it is It's, it's just uh yeah bringing more awareness to everything we're doing right and yeah more intention to it um. so pretty. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: it's like that Um, tea mind, you yeah. know, like um, I'll often find, I, I usually practice with a group on Monday nights and I'll find that when I leave there, like specifically like the window, it's at night so when I leave there until I go to bed, it's like my whole consciousness is, is different and how I'm, you know if I'm cleaning or if I'm doing my kind of bedtime ritual, like everything is is still lingering in that space mm-hmm. and then that kind of extends into the next day and then when I sit you know in the morning for tea that extends into mm-hmm. the rest of the day. So, yeah, it all just sort of gets to to be bathed in that consciousness, which is really nice. And also like you know, if I'm having a really shitty day and mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm feeling really chaotic, it's like then that's also reflected in yeah. in the tea ceremony too, right? Yeah.
0: So there's always something to be had you know it's like because it is a meditation and and i as well do uh usually i do a morning meditation um but what was really interesting is i've been doing a lot of uh morning tea sits with ashley and so uh i've gotten quite used to like how my mind is at that moment in time and usually in the morning like it's pretty calm and still because like nothing's really gone on yet i'm still like pretty fresh in the day But then in the evening times when I do T-sits, my mind is much more like in a thought process, right? And so, and not necessarily in a bad way. It's actually more, it starts to, (laughs) I start to think of a lot of things and like it's kind of pretty too because some things will be like maybe very philosophical or something. So it's pretty interesting though to see how each sit, like each sit's going to be different. But also like the time of day, I feel that you do it like affects it as well sure that makes a
1: lot of sense yeah yeah
0: so we had um kristen delaney on here a few episodes ago and she chatted about chao dao and the servings of like that that style tea ceremony but i haven't heard very much about the matcha tea ceremonies and uh as you had mentioned earlier earlier the cha no uh style of matcha um sounds super interesting you obviously served me some matcha before which was amazing tasted super good but could you um talk a little bit about like the style of serving there and just kind of how all of that goes like any um you know any like just the practice in general i guess yeah
1: totally yeah so um in this tradition it's whisked tea that's the the method and we are working with matcha and as i mentioned to you there's sort of two distinct ways of preparing it there's a lot of different types of ceremonies within the tradition many i mean i've i've learned a lot of them but i have many yet to learn wow but there's um two distinct types which are usucha which is thin tea okay and koicha which is thick tea and so usucha tends to be a more informal ceremony. It's the type of tea that the type of matcha that um, most people have probably had. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, it's a certain ratio of matcha to water. It goes down really easily. It's very silky, mm-hmm. and um, that's the thin tea. The thick tea is a higher ratio of matcha to water, and it's a, a literally a thicker tea. It's. Um, you know a little bit more syrupy and I think it's quite medicinal tasting it's okay. a little bit of an acquired you know experience yeah um, and that tends to be a more formal uh, procedure and so it takes a little bit longer there's a little more Um, of a stronger like container in a way that things are done in koicha. Whereas usucha is a bit more determined by the guest. And so if the guest wants another bowl of tea, that's cool. If they want more sweets, that's cool. You know, um, yeah. And that's kind of the basics.
0: Yeah. So and then in the more formal style, is it just one bowl that is served? It's like not multiple pours or is it multiple?
1: So traditionally, it's a bowl that is shared between guests, and it's all prepared in the same bowl. Okay. So you're putting like way more matcha in mm-hmm. the bowl, and the water, and then it's turned and shared between each person. Okay. Which you know um, currently it, we're not doing as much these days, but it's right. a beautiful experience yeah. for when people can you know can enjoy that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then it's in silence, right?
1: Yes. Typically it's in silence. There are certain moments of discussion. Mm -hmm. And so um, you're asking questions about the teaware, the tea, um, the poetic name of a certain Mm. item uh, in the tea ceremony. Um, You can ask questions about um, if there's a special, there are certain procedures that are for a special item that they're showcasing. And so there might be a story about the tea bowl, you know, who gave you the tea bowl. There might be, you know, who um, did the lacquerware of the tea caddy right. and, and yeah, so we do these, we learn these things in, in tea ceremony. And mm-hmm. my teacher was really adamant that we do it all in Japanese. So we do it all in oh, Japanese. Wow. So sometimes my brain, like when I'm thinking about the names of certain things, I only know the Japanese name. That's
0: um, so cool. So you speak Japanese?
1: I. Oh, I speak tea. Okay, okay, got
0: gotcha.
1: <laughs> Yeah, so I only know really things that are relevant to tea mm-hmm. ceremony. Um, so I have a very basic knowledge, but everything we do in the practice is in Japanese.
0: Wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. I really like that. It like holds the tradition, kind of. Yeah. Right? Mm. Yeah,
1: she was really um, adamant about that, that we do it in Japanese.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's another neat. thing to learn. Yeah, I really like that. O- always learning, right? Yeah. Like, Constantly, I think keeping the student like mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then so you said it's more matcha. Like I noticed when you served earlier, you uh, did about two two scoops, right? Two scoops. And yeah. then I don't know how much water, but like a, quite a little amount, right? Like like three ounces, maybe or something. Oh yeah, right? yeah. yeah. It's
1: kind of a visual, like you yeah, kind of learn from making it, yeah, and okay. you, you'll know if it's too much or too little. But yeah.
0: Hmm. And then if you were doing the more like traditional style how how many scoops of matcha would you have put like for that same amount of water
1: so for okoicha you use less water and it's three scoops okay per person
0: oh wow okay
1: yeah so you have to measure it out beforehand and Um. it's a little bit harder to make okoycha for one person because it's something that's shared um so yeah it's it's a, just a different, it's sort of that embodied experience. Like, even with serving uh, poor tea, right? Mm-hmm. You get to know the tea. Yeah. You know? And yeah. so you get to know it, and then you can kind of sense, okay, well, this is how it wants to be steeped. And so I find that it's sort of the same with matcha, even though um, you're working with what we could say is the same tea every time, mm-hmm. but it's like you get to know it, you get to know the different. Types of chawan, different types of tea bowl, and um, the water needs to be adjusted for that. You know? Gotcha. So,
0: oh my gosh, that's crazy! I didn't even think of like the actual type of uh, like medium used for the bowl, you yes. know, and then that affecting it as well. Yeah, yeah, like
1: I made tea last night in a glass tea bowl, oh. and I hadn't really done that before, or maybe I have, but it's been a while if I had. And so that was a totally different thing, you know, oh, and wow. you just learn all these different ways of, of serving tea.
0: Yeah, that's cool. And then also with the turning, I always, I'm curious, why, why do we turn the bowl?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, there is sort of a practical answer and a philosophical answer to a oh, lot of okay. these. So um, the philosophical answer is that there's a front and a back to every tea bowl, even if it's just a plain white tea bowl, as you saw my my chawan is there is a sort of a zen you know, front and a back. Right. So when you're turning it, it's like you're turning the the side to face the guest, and then the guest turns the front to them. Oh. So it's all, everything in Japanese tea ceremony has a function, and mm. everything has, if you, you know, if I'm to ask, oh, is there a right, right way to do this? Yes, there's always, for every small detail, everything is wow. so thought out. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, with Okoicha, you're sharing the bowl. So when you turn the bowl, you're actually turning a clean um, part of it to you. And you also wipe it as well. But um, yeah, that's kind of, there's there's practical reasons, but then it's also Mm. so that sometimes there's a design that's to be presented, you know? And so when you turn it, it's revealed and there's kind of a beautiful, like, poetic moment where you get to enjoy the front of the bowl, even if it's just a completely black tea bowl, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's pretty neat. Yeah. I I, I knew there had to be a reasoning for it. You know, like you said, it's like everything has a purpose. And I think that's what makes it really pretty, you know, because I think when you have more stuff to like, in a way, I think of it like in terms of meditation, a lot of times they like when you chant a mantra or something, it's to entrap the mind Mm -hmm. and keep it like busy so that it's not able to wander. Mm -hmm. And I think when you have so many specific details, it also does the same process of like, bringing the mind here and being like, okay, like I have to focus and really do each process and step correctly, you know? So your mind isn't like thinking random stuff. Yes,
1: completely. And you know, something that i found, especially in, in the Japanese way of serving tea is like, because it's so precise, because there is a procedure that you're following that it's, it makes it easier to take like, you and your personality out of the way mm-hmm. and just to serve, you know, and just to be in the space. And I think that can be really hard for a lot of us Westerners because we're so used to being identified with like our personalities being at the forefront of right. literally everything.
0: Yeah. and then, yeah.
1: So it's really nice to like, you know, be in, in that practice and also to share with your guests like one thing. Um, my sensei would always say, is, you know, we're all equals in the tea room. And so no one's superior to anyone, like your credentials or mm-hmm. your bio or whatever, you know, all of that gets put aside and all the worldly things get put down. Yeah. So you can just share heart to heart.
0: I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice when you walk into a room and, you don't start off with, what do you do for work? You know what yeah. I mean? And you just kind of like, you're just there and like, they're just another person sharing their experience. And then you connect that way. I, I really like that. Um, well, thank you very much for sharing about that. The tea practice of cha no you. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Uh, like I, in general, I just like the tea ceremonies and ceremonies of kind of anything, you know, but it was really beautiful to hear that. And then, uh, the tea is really just you know one aspect of you because as i mentioned earlier you're also a filmmaker and artist um and we, have, we were chatting a little bit about your film that re- it did recently come out yes and it's called wake up leonard yes. yeah yeah uh, share with us about this because i've seen just like the snippets on instagram it looks really interesting
1: yeah thank you yeah. it um premiered in april and we're in film festivals right now so we just screened at <laughs> Inside Out Toronto. We screened at Brooklyn Film Festival last night.
0: Wow.
1: And um, we have a couple more coming up. But um, yeah, it's, uh, we like to say it's a feel good movie about feeling bad. And it's a comedy Mm -hmm. about a guy who is getting his vibe on track. And so he's, um, you know, he's trying to meditate. He's doing all of the things to try to um, win his ex back. But he's, tripping himself up along the way and um you know it really kind of is is similar to the meditation practice as a whole um I think in terms of when people see it who have been in wellness or like you know have been in spaces of wellness it's like they really relate to this feeling of of not being well enough to um love themselves Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of the seed of of how wake up leonard came about you know obviously i've been in these spaces for many years and have taught meditation and movement and all the done all the things Mm -hmm. and so i think in a place like la it's very specific to la Mm -hmm. that um you know there can be this really this big commodification of wellness and the corporatization of wellness right. can make people feel worse in mm-hmm. some sense. And so obviously, you know, it's part of why I'm here. And I know it's part of why you're here mm-hmm. is because we want people to love themselves. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Self-love is is so huge. And I think even like you were saying in these health practices, like how often have I been in a yoga class and I see you know, people able to do the splits or something and you're just like, ah, like I want to get there, you know, but it's like, it's not about the comparison. Like you're here to work on yourself where you're at, at this time, you know, it's not good. It's not bad. It just is like, you're just on your path, you know? And I think that's really huge. Like a lot of people, we stay in this comparison mindset, you know, and learning that it's like, you don't need to compare. Like, Everyone else's opinion is just that it's an opinion, right? Like right. makes no difference. like it's not gonna make your day any better or worse. Like how you feel and think about yourself is is everything, right? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. and I think that becomes really difficult if we don't see that modeled, you know in in popular culture or I mean, I just think i I want it to be cool again to like really love yourself, you know mm-hmm. I just I think that it's actually not the norm, and it's not what's out there in popular culture. And I wonder, um, you know, if we keep stepping into that as individuals and leaders, like mm-hmm. in our own communities, mm-hmm. um, what could happen? Yeah, you know, and it it's a really amazing thing to be with someone who's like, wow, I like loving yourself doesn't just come from from the things that you do that you perceive to be successful or beautiful or cool you know it's Mm -hmm. like also embracing all of those shadowy aspects of self and the the parts of you that are still like in process and the parts of you that you feel embarrassed about or the parts of you that you feel shame about and you know it's like so when you're with someone who can really embrace that spectrum. And I have a lot of friends mm-hmm. like that. And I I hope to be that person as well. Um, it just gives so much permission, mm-hmm. you know, it gives so much permission um, to, to evolve yeah. and like, yeah. So that's, that's kind of like the deeper, meaning in a lot of what I do, even though I think, you know, on the surface, it's this movie, it's a great time and there's a lot of laughs and it's a comedy. Yeah. Um, I think that there's like a deeper mission in there just to like give people permission to love themselves Mm -hmm. as they are right
0: now. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's art right there, you know, is like always kind of having that underlying like bigger picture, you know, like, yeah, it's a comedy, it's enjoyable, but like there's a message there, right? Yeah. So is that, that's pretty much then what kind of like was like the inspiration for the film, would you say was just kind of like giving people the, like the okay to go and go and be yourself and love yourself kind of.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was definitely born out of like the early days of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I personally was feeling like really starved for collaboration and for creative work. And, um, because that's something that you know that's just such a big part of me, and yeah. has always brought me a lot of joy, and um, yeah, and so just just getting together with a couple friends and like figuring out how to make something that's not necessarily about this time that we're in, but it's very much of the time that yes. we're in, and it's, it it contains like you know all the feelings of anxiety and isolation and. Um, worry about the future right. and doubt about you know oneself but it's like contained in this really comical way yeah um, I think makes it a little bit more palatable and like mm-hmm. enjoyable to to you know examine those things yeah. um so yeah that that was sort of how it it was born out of that that time but it wasn't necessarily supposed to be about. Um, you know, the pandemic or anything like that. But I think when people watch it, they can definitely sense like, oh, wow, this is like uh, something that's present, you know, that's present in our culture. Yeah. um, That's kind of beneath the surface Mm. um, as we reemerge.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, was it difficult like filming during this time in in terms of maybe finding actors or just like, I, I don't know any road bumps that would occur during like, obviously these last like yeah three years you know yes
1: for sure it was definitely difficult um because we were also uh you know we're an indie film so um with uh indie film and the budgets of indie film it's like now there's a whole protocol that people do on sets but we were really early so we were kind of like Making things up as we went along. Um, obviously we were doing things as safely as we could and mm-hmm. um but it was a small group of us and yeah. we had a little like bubble basically. and so the difficulties really came with just um, us having no map, like no roadmap and just having to like make up how we're doing things, yeah. get creative, you know, and yeah. use every obstacle as an opportunity for like, oh well, can we stage this in a in a creative way, you know, can we do these things outside? Can we do this scene? Like we have a whole scene that has a window between people and it's like really funny. And, you know, the humor would like came out of that moment. And that's
0: really good. Yeah,
1: so we would just found ways to like make it work. Mm. But um yeah, I would definitely say like it made it more challenging. And I think now, like currently, there's a lot more protocol in place and people understand how to make it work. But this was so early. This was like 2020 and 2021. And so we were just kind of yeah. like blind leading the blind, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, but we did it. And, and now like the results are amazing and it's being received by people and we're getting great feedback. And so that just makes it all worth it. Like, okay, all of our, like, you know, I mean, making any movies really hard, but this was my first feature film and it just Whoa, happened to be during <laughs> this crazy time. Yeah, you
0: really chose the time for that. That's cool.
1: I know. I kind of like... I, yeah, I'm kind of intense in that way. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let's just do like the thing that seems impossible to do. Love you that.
0: Know? Yeah, it's, it's, you just got to take the action. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Um, if people want to see the film, how can they see it? Like Obviously, you said there's a few more film festivals, right?
1: Yeah, so right now it's exclusively in film festivals, okay. and they can go to wakeuplenner.com. Mm-hmm. And we'll have all of the current film festivals listed on there, and they can buy tickets. And, you know, a lot of these are hybrid festivals, so they're in-person and online. So people can also buy a ticket and watch it online if it's not near them. Yeah, yeah. that's
0: actually really kind of a nice, you know, it's like we're kind of like also I think the good that has come from the last few years is we realize like we do have this beautiful thing called the Internet, which can be used for so much good as well, you know. yeah, so that's really cool. Um, Eventually, will it come out on a on a platform as well? That's yeah? the
1: idea. Yeah, okay, we're cool. still working on that, but that's the idea is that we'll um, have it distributed and, and mm-hmm. be available so people can watch it whenever they want.
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely am going to check that out, and then we'll obviously link that in the show note as well, like the website and yeah. all. But, Thank um, you. Yeah, Kat, so is there anything else you want to share on the show? Um, any last words? Also, like where people can meet or not meet you, but like connect with you more and, uh, like where's the best place to stay in touch or anything?
1: Totally. Yeah. So through my website, which I okay. link, um, I have some creative offerings on there, you know, occasionally I do workshops and I have some that I'm planning right now. Mm-hmm. So I would love for people to join those. Um, and then obviously to watch the movie, um, whenever they can, wherever they can and, on Instagram, they can link up with me. And I do serve tea in LA, Mm -hmm. um, you know, sporadically. So that would also be a wonderful way to connect with folks and just sit and be together in -hmm. silence.
0: Yeah, I know you're talking about a place near your house that you're going to serve at. Um, would the best way for people to be informed on those be to follow you on Instagram? Like, would you post yeah. on there? Okay, cool.
1: Yeah, I'll share it on there. And um, yeah, we have one coming up this month. So if people want to come, uh, I welcome them. Awesome. Yeah.
0: What, sorry, what, what day of the month?
1: It is... Uh, the 25th, I believe. I don't want to get it wrong, but I think, I think it's the 25th of June. So yeah, if people want to join, that will be on my Instagram and they can join.
0: Very cool. Yeah. That's so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kat, for sharing everything tea, everything matcha, everything, uh, film as well with, uh, Wake Up Leonard. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was such a joy to sit with you.
0: No, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the matcha as well. You can- come over anytime you want and serve for sure sure. no i'll come over and and we'll do a sit yeah we'll
1: do a sit cool yeah
0: well thank you so much kat thank you all right you guys know what to do do everything with good intentions connect your elements and peace this podcast is for educational purposes only it is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional